episode is it? 111. 111. Yeah. Investigate 111. <laughs> Investigate 111. Um, Marcus. Yes. Do you like movies? Yes, I do. Do you, do you like chicken sandwiches? Yeah. Do you remember when Nas said I could make I could have made my double LP just sampling different parts of Nautilus? No. Well, he said that on one of his one of his songs. Oh, um, no, I don't, Nautilus, the song by Bob James. No, do 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 Never heard of it. Yeah, I think people in hip hop should sample that song more. Yeah, I was thinking that I could make. I could make a list of top five sandwiches that's just chicken cutlet sandwiches. Of course. I'm, some people, you know, because there, there's many classic sandwiches. Yeah. Obviously, the BLT. Yeah. The croque madame, the croque monsieur, peanut butter, honey, banana. The Reuben. The Reuben. Monte Cristo. The chicken cutlet Reuben. Monte Cristo, as long as it's not open face. If you right, do it right, open right. face, you're, you're, you're a sociopath. Sure. It has to be a French toast sandwich. Yeah, 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 yeah. Otherwise, you know, you believe in the torturing of animals. Yo, man, Bennigan's had a really good Monte Cristo. Not the best. You got to go to the right. But as far as like chain restaurants in Virginia go, Bennigan's had a damn good. Trust me. I know. In uh, and Eisenberg's on 20 something street in Manhattan mm-hmm. makes a Reuben, but with chicken cutlets. Oh, shit. So, yeah. So chicken cutlet Reuben, obviously. Damn. Damn. Chicken cutlet, chicken cutlet with uh, cheddar cheese, bacon. You got, oh, that's the, obviously, yeah, the, chicken parm. Yes. Uh, you can have straight up just chicken cutlet, lettuce, tomato. Yes. Um, good. Yeah. That's a good, with a little bit of honey mustard. Throw a little honey mustard on that. That's your life. Yeah. No, that's I'm not, just throwing it out not, there. That's not my you, life. you wouldn't want that? I'm not huge into honey mustard. What about regular mustard? Like the not sweet kind, like the more tart like this like heavy seedy it wouldn't go on that kind of a sandwich this is more of a must do you like must like good mustards i like good mustards yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i do like tart mustards over sweet ones but I'm or just like or mustard. like a chicken katsu sandwich i had a chicken katsu mm. sandwich the other day at a new katsu house, <coughs> at a new katsu house and it was mm. really good i'm still stuck on monte cristo's being with chicken because monte cristo's and Cuban press sandwiches are my only exception to ham. I hate ham. But those types of two sandwiches, I'll eat those because I like everything else in it. Well, also, Cuban, now, also, Cuban has, has roast pork. Yeah, that's the pork one. Penil. But, but the famous uh, one. Ham. No, it, it has roast pork and ham. Yeah. Swiss cheese. Yeah. Pickles. You got, yeah. You got uh, mustard. And then some places they do it inside out on La Plancha. Oh, I never had that before. Oh, my friend, I am going to take you to a place. Okay. Mama Louisa's, where you get the Cuban and I'll get the eggplant parmigiana. Yeah, I don't know. I egg, can't do you. Yeah, eggplant on, is. On garlic bread. And M. Tume knows exactly what I'm talking about because we lived around the corner. Okay. And one time, this lady who, you know, she didn't have all of her marbles, but that's okay. You know? Mm-hmm. She came into the store and she was she was wearing like. A lot of powder on her face, mm-hmm. and she was like, "I'd like a turkey sandwich." And the proprietor was an older Italian man. He was like, "Okay, what kind of what kind of turkey sandwich you want?" And because he'd like, "Scott, I got you a eggplant parmesan on garlic." And then she goes, yeah. "Oh boy." <laughs> 
is there any venom? <laughs> is there any venom? <laughs> is there any venom in the sandwich? Oh man. Okay. <laughs> oh, she's you know. I did say She's that. making sure she's not poisoned. Yeah, she was like I'm not mad at she that. She was like, I just need to know is there any venom in the turkey sandwiches? Yeah. And he says, No <laughs> No venom <laughs> And that's that's that. So this is Zebras in America, yes. Zebras Podcast. About sandwiches. About sandwiches. Um what do you think's the greatest movie about sandwiches? Shit. You know, I've seen this movie a bunch of times, I never remember the name. But that movie, that documentary about Jewish delis, like okay. Mel Brooks is in it. Yeah, it played at the Sunshine. Oh man, R.I.P. Sunshine Cinema. Um, Chef, Chef is up there. That yeah, was I mean, one of my favorite movies of 2014. Yeah, and Chef, like, also like, Chef is about Cuban sandwiches. Yeah. You know. There's also if you you ever seen the Art of Killing Flies? No. It's a documentary about an old New York mainstay restaurant called Shopsticks <coughs> mm-hmm. that somehow had like a gazillion options mm-hmm. and you couldn't have tables that were more than one, two, or four. Like, oh. they, there was no five person, there was uh, no six uh, time. Uh, it was very uh. particular. And it's a very, the movie's a very good insight into a certain type of New York that we're slowly sure. losing. This conversation has me thinking too. There's this whole segment in Bill Duke's Hoodlum, where the two hitmen who are trying to kill Bumpy Johnson are like arguing over what places make the best particular type of sandwich. So one of them goes like, "Okay, best corned beef sandwich," and then he's like, "So and so and such and such." No, no, this place here, and it's this whole like ten minute sequence where these like I mean, two for, guys for are for corned beef. About, you got to go smoke meat in uh, in Montreal. I've never I've been to Montreal I've never had that there, Those bagels there Are a little overrated I'm, I'm just gonna be honest But their food yeah, is great That is fine Their That's food okay. The rest of their cuisine there's a is good, great. There's a good food There's a good food culture Yeah There's um Do you remember the movie Smokey and the Bandit? Yes There's a scene Like Just a throwaway scene mm-hmm. Where um Where Is it Laurel or Hardy That's chasing after them? I don't, I don't remember. The, the big fellow who's chasing after Smokey right. and the bandit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he's like on the run, but then he stops at a at a restaurant. He's like, I'll have a Diablo sandwich real quick. And I always wanted to know what that Diablo sandwich was. Mm-hmm. And I'll, I'll never know. I'm sure there's a, a podcast dedicated to Smokey and the bandit that. A whole podcast? That'd be impressive. There is there is a very popular YouTube show called Binging with Babish where dude remakes dishes from movies and TV shows oh, and that's stuff. Cool. Um before we get into the episode where I think we're mostly going to talk about some of the new some of the new releases that came out like this week on streaming platforms. Yeah. Uh, we got some really nice um we got some really nice uh, emails. Let's hear it. And hold yeah. on, hold on one second. Um, you know, also, if you uh, it, oh, I think it's until the end of the month. End of the month, if you go to ovid.tv, ovid.tv, and use checkout code Year of Zebras, you get an annual discount. That's awesome. Yeah, do it. And then uh, I don't know if we'll be working with them moving forward but they're a great organization sure. and they keep on adding new stuff and they're starting to get their own exclusives 
That reminds you. That reminds me. I have something for you. Okay. Now got some very nice emails. They're both a little lengthy, so I'm thinking we read one, we talk about something, and then maybe read another. I can read them both. Okay. This is from Zach Neumann. Or is it Newman? I'm sorry. I assumed it was Newman. What's up, Zach? He's a he's a Twitter friend. I think I think I'm I think I'm over Twitter. I think Twitter is giving us false information and th- and tricking us into thinking things are things when they aren't things. You're I I I, I don't think you're off. I don't think you're totally off on that. I think there's a lot of things that people are calling, you know, scandals or yeah, things yes, that actually lot. aren't things. A there's lot. a lot of signal boosting. Yeah. You know, I. You ever talk to someone who's not on Twitter about some outrage, and they're just like, "No, what are you talking about?" Yeah, I was like, "Oh, I ran into a friend on the street yesterday, and I was talking to him about the concept of fit shaming because, you know, people there's been (coughs) this idea where you can, where if you if you're a large person, you've lost a lot of weight, and you show progress progress photos, that some people feel upset about it, and that you're and that you shouldn't celebrate this sort of transformation right, right. even though there's nothing wrong with being proud of who you are even if you're a big person but you can't deny that there are some some health things that some i'm come on i'm being i'm, being I'm really reasonable. just I, okay go ahead there are some major health considerations that go into getting healthy yeah and like i've gotten people to unfollow me on instagram posting uh, before and after pictures, but I'll tell you what, oh you know. But you know what I get that's even more important. What's that? Because I don't a like posting. Life. No, well that is better. Because I don't even like posting before and after post things. Because I have to look at myself before, and that's really difficult for me. Sure. Is when people are in my DM saying, "You push me to, you know, I've lost twenty pounds," or some oh, of our, cool. some some of yeah, our yeah, listeners. Yeah, yeah, so I'm not yeah, gonna, because yeah, yeah. I'm not gonna put our listeners on blast because that's private discourse. Sure. Saying like. Yo, I lost some weight. Like, hey, what did you do? Like, I know like, like five or six people who have lo- who have started their lost weight their weight loss journeys, um, because of my weight loss journey. That's awesome. And and some of them will be like, oh, I had a bad week, but I'm like, yo, bad week doesn't mean you have to start all over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you got this. So that's so much more important. Absolutely. Um, and then. I'll I'll see I'll talk to my friend out there and they're like yeah I don't know what that means mm. yeah yeah so <laughs> there there will be all these outrages and I'm like I don't know how much of this is actual outrage or or you know last week Bernie Sanders posted an endorsement of Joe Rogan and then the internet told him that he had to take it down yeah and it's and it's just like how many people really feel that way right. And for yeah. what reason? And what are what are we actually like? <coughs> yeah. What are the real issues at hand here? I also think. Look, don't get me wrong. There's some, but as with a lot of people, Joe Rogan's a guy. Though I listen to him regularly, and I'm not. He doesn't need to be defended, and I'm not going to defend him. But well, I'm think, not defending him either. No, no. I'm, I'm just talking about myself, and I think there's these people that have this false sense of the kind of guests that he. I'm using air quotes. Always has on his show, and like he's also a guy who regularly has had ex or retired cops who come on his show and have a lengthy three-hour argument about uh, our conversation about how 
The cops in my department would put up pictures of random black people at the shooting range. Or I was, you know, like all the racist inner, inner workings of the police force. Or having people like Bernie Sanders. Like, I, you know, so I... But, but I think people like to... Uh, th- Forget about that part and just think there, he's a meathead, you know... There, he might be a meathead guy, but, <laughs> but he, one, he inspires people to try to be better, and two, he inspires people to not just accept information handed to them. True. So yeah. I, li- I like his podcast, even though sometimes I'm screaming at the at the iPod, like, this is these are fluffy questions you're asking these people. But Or he does, for a guy who I do think is smart, he does say stupid stuff sometimes. More stupid than the average person, where it's like you can't really believe that, right? But it is what it is, right? But but he also is one of the few people giving, get who's really giving people the podium to talk about things when when a lot of mainstream media is has is so bipartisan that you only get to hear your own narratives in small sound bites that are that are signal boosted and echo chambered. Yeah, so. Dear Zebras, the subject is needed to be said. Getting nervous. Oh, man. Getting nervous. This is Zach Newman, and I've been a long-time listener. I had listened to Wrong Reel for a while, and every time Marcus was on, I especially loved the episodes. I think I even remember an episode with a bunch of people on that was in conjunction with a UFC match. Oh, yeah, that was it was... um. Brock Lesnar versus uh, Mark Hunt. It was like me, Mikhail, Funderburg. This that was years ago. That yeah. was a, that was a good fight. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brilliant episode. Anyways, and you and I we watched Royal Rumble this week, and yeah, Brock we Lesnar was there, and there was some really cool stuff. Yeah, yeah. Dude, when Edge came back, I, I, you saw me. I was getting emotional. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm reaching out because I have to thank the both of you. Zebras in America started right around the same time that I was really leaning into my love of cinema, and it's completely shaped the way I see movies and what I seek out. I wish I had kept a list of movies I watched specifically because of both your recommendations, but the list is so massive that I don't think it's possible. Undoubtedly, you introduced me to Claire Denis, Kelly Reichert, uh, Morjar Mouche, Mike Lay, Chameleon Street, nice. Joe... Carlos Regatas, Chantal Ackerman, Lucretia Martel, Charles Burnett, Olivier Assayas, Rick Alverson, and so, so much more. And that's just films. The Far Side is now one of my all-time favorite artists. Nice. And I think A Tribe Called Quest was my most listened to artist last year. Wow. Marcus, last year my girlfriend, Sarah Forgey, contacted you and asked for advice on what to get me for Christmas, and I never personally thanked you. Oh, man. Oh, that's right. Yeah, yeah. She bought me a copy of Vigil, and that movie is awesome. It was nowhere on my radar, and it fits my taste so much. Thank you for taking the time to do that. That's a nice thing you did there, Marcus. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scott, I first found the podcast because of Marcus. Most people do. But you're a major reason why I stayed. Thank you. You're a great presence and bring wonderful insight into every conversation. You're transparent and open about your emotions, and a lot of things I've taken from the show are what you have said. Damn, son. Thank you. I constantly think about how you said that every single person should write poetry at some point. I I stand by this. Maybe monthly, but at least just to do it. Maybe not read it or share it, but for personal growth. It's a healthy thing to do. I couldn't agree more. 
You also mentioned at one point that you were trying to be more intentional in your actions from day to day. I don't know what you do, Zach, but uh, you make a very good therapist. You're very astute, and this is a very, this is a, about as accurate description of, of who I'm trying to be as an adult. <clears throat> That's something I relate to so much. There's nothing I hate more than just passively going through life, living on autopilot. The episodes about nostalgia and the pain of memory especially speak out to me as well. I'm probably paraphrasing these points, but I want you to know that the conversations you two have impact me in a really great way. No, it's it's true, man. Like, I have a very conflicted, painful relationship with memory, nostalgia, and sentimentality. I'm addicted to it, but it also hurts. Mm. Like I said, I started listening to Zebras at a perfect time in my life. Well, it's always a perfect time to listen to Zebras. It was probably my second year of college and I was trying to dive deeper into my love of movies. I was a fine arts student at Missouri State University where I mainly studied photography. My program is still darkroom based so I'd spend hours developing prints and editing, making it the perfect time to listen to audiobooks, music, and podcasts. May I interject to check out the work of my fiance, Saskia. She, her Instagram is, o, right is at O-H-S-A-S-K-I-A. She's a brilliant studio photographer, um, professional photographer, and artistic photographer. And we're, we're actually, because she's making udon with her sister in the other room, we're in the studio, which we split. I have a music studio on one side, she has a photograph studio on her side, and we're looking at the work that she's working on right now, and I think it's quite gorgeous. And uh, why don't you uh, email us some of your photos, man? By the summer after my junior year, I was studying abroad in Florence, and I remember starting your podcast in the beginning again. I think you had 50 eps or so at that point. Wow. It got me thinking that if what I'm constantly drawn to is motion pictures, then why am I not pursuing it more? Not making films myself, but experiencing it and having these kinds of conversations. I love photography and all that's involved, but it doesn't have the same kind of community like the movies have. Photo communities are out there, but something about motion pictures seems to impact everything. Not everyone may have a favorite photograph. I do. But you can always talk to people about a film they love. There's, if you've ever read the movie, read the book Invisible Man, at the beginning of it, the main character talks about living in a room of a thousand lights, and someone recreated that photo, and when Saskia and I started dating, I told her how obsessed with that photo I was, and she made me a print of it and framed it. Oh, it's awesome, man. Yeah. I, my, I think the Jewish giant is... I don't have one, but it's definitely top three. The Dion Arbus picture. The really, really, oh, yeah. really big... It's not even him. It's like how... It's the way his mother's looking at, up at him as he's... Like, that, like that, that, that picture's like... It's like a short film inside, like a still film. No, that's what I love. A good photo tells so many sure. stories. You know what sure. I'm saying? Um, oh, there's... Saskia just watched these excellent documentaries about about photographs um uh Zach, mr zach have you seen oscurus agency of photographers it's on amazon prime it's really excellent and it's about like it's really dope so i really recommend checking that out i watch uh, most of the art 
art-based, most of the art-based documentaries I watch, I watch with Saskia. Um, not everyone may have a favorite. It was a mix of your podcast and that trip that really changed my life and made me look at what it was doing and what I wanted to do after college, and I decided to make a change. I've been taking film studies classes and made a minor out of it. Completed my BFA with my photography degree, decided to pursue film preservation. Wow. Dope. Wow. There was a program in Bologna, Italy. I wonder if that's near that island that plays all the movies that they bought from Kim's video. I had heard about oh, and applied to, but I didn't make it in. It, oh, sorry. It took a while and a lot of trial and error, but I eventually found my way into the program I am in now. I'm living in Rochester, New York, and I'm a student of the L. Jeffrey Selznick School of Film Preservation. It's a 10-month program, and I'll be done in June. Yo, I love you guys, but these these super long emails, man, is, is, <laughs> I'm not complaining. No, they're gonna say. It, no, it's gorgeous. It's gorgeous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a very long route to get to where I was going with this email, and there's even more to say. Whoa. But I'll sum it up by saying, thank you. The films you've introduced me to, and the way you think about films, have impacted me so much, and I can't thank you enough. I'm so busy right now that I haven't listened in a couple months. Congrats on 100 episodes. That's oh, amazing. Thanks, thanks. It still just feels like a dream. Like a dream That I'm here studying what I love the most I haven't written you all much And thought I'd send this I mistakenly assume that people who make a deep impact on my life Understand that they have But as often isn't the case It would be a shame if we're left unsaid Hope you two are doing well You know, Zach, it's true Sometimes, you know, Marcus will tell you When we're off record I'm just like, does anyone listen to the show? Does anyone care? Are we making an impact? And then I'll get a text or a tweet or something like this <coughs> saying, I watched this movie based on your recommendation and made my day. And it's never my friends or my family that watch movies based on my recommendations. It's definitely not that. In all my group group threads, people just make fun of the movies I like. And then six months later are like, yo, have you seen this movie? And I'm like, motherfucker, I told you to see this movie eight months ago. So well, I will say, my, fia- uh, my, my mother-in-law-to-be listens to the show regularly and she'll watch movies she didn't like un- Vic didn't like Uncut Gems but hey a lot of people didn't like Uncut Gems yeah she liked Once Upon a Time in Hollywood she liked 1917 but I guess what I'm saying is my, my mother-in-law to be less than two weeks out is the only person close to me that like regularly listens uh, to the show so we've talked about this before but yeah and then now we have uh, John Armenio oh nice on Terrence Malick's A Hidden Life. There we go. Dear Zebras, first, your year-end wrap-up show was incredibly well done and enlightening. Thank you. Cinephile admission, I've never gotten Terrence Malick before. I would say I liked Badlands, but anything else I had seen before Hidden Life left me frustrated and unengaged. However, I finally got to see Hidden Life in theaters, and I found it heartbreaking, and it invested me emotionally. Almost in every moment, more than any Malick film before, every shot was composed as beautifully as a Renaissance or Impressionist painting, and the scenes of rural Austrian life repeatedly reminded me of the work of Van Gogh or Sir George Clausen. If you like, if you, I think Joanna Hogg's early movies have a lot of Van Gogh sort of feelings as well. Mm. Uh, the epic scenery was breathtaking, itself reminiscent of fine art, echoing the grand moral questions the characters are grappling with. 
Sure, the film is overlong and draining, replete with imagery that Malick is preoccupied with, but I would never want an artist like Malick to not indulge in the imagery that fascinates them. That's what they're Sorry. there for. I wish I had seen Hidden Life a month ago, so I could have included it in my own best of 2019 list. That's okay. You can go back and edit it. Yeah, I like, do that. Like, I just added Avengement, the Scott Adkins movie, and Under the Silver Lake to my top ten, and I'm not going to tell you which ones I'm taking out yet, because I haven't figured out, but I just saw those movies recently, and I like the hell out of them. Nice. Any film that so profoundly challenges my preconceptions, and also Carl is trying to get me to see this 14-hour movie called The Floor, and and it... Was, he really loved that movie. He really did, and I care deeply for him, so I don't know, but 14 hours is a lot. Sure. So... Any film that so profoundly challenges my preconceptions, so elegantly shifts my perspective, has my eternal admiration and respect, it certainly makes me want to revisit Malick's previous work. The first movie that ever did that for me was F for Fake. No. Because the cons and the ups and downs and the trickeries, I was just like, <gasps> I didn't know the things could do that. Yeah. Um, so is there any film in particular that changed your mind on a filmmaker? Rock Marciano. Made you revisit past work? Any particular profound rewatch you can recall? For me, 2019 was a year of defied expectations and changed opinions. For both first viewings and rewatches, it was a delight. Much appreciated, John Arminio. Yeah, it's crazy. But, oh joy, I did not like that movie. Then I watched it again, and then I really liked it. And that was the first... I mean, that's Kelly Reichardt's second movie. Mm -hmm. So at that point, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like her stuff. And then something just clicked. I watched it again, and then I watched Wendy and Lucy. And I was like, oh, I I, I get it. And then, you know, the older I get... Outside, I'm telling you, I always... I'm not as big on Meek's Cutoff as... Like, that's the movie that's always considered her masterpiece but i think yeah old joy slash kelly reichardt was like the movie that oh i don't like this at first but oh no wait i do like it oh and i like her movies which is crazy to say because i love i love her stuff so much so i really have had a very complicated relationship with ingmar bergman Mm. and that's changing as i get older and i revisit yeah he's got a lot of movies too so also i didn't i've been revisiting cronenberg who i didn't dislike but i I didn't like a lot. He's and got a lot of this. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a, he's a lot got of dips, a lot of and, dips peaks. and dips and peaks. Um, yeah, I don't know. That's a good question, John. I have to think about it. P.S. Why it's taken so long for Hidden Life to make it to my local independent cinema when the movie premiered at the same time festival as Once Upon a Time in Hollywood and Parasite baffles me and is probably a conversation that needs to be had at some point. Before you showed up, uh, me and Funderburg last night, before you showed up at the bar, me and Funderburg were in deep talk about that. And what he said that does make sense. It's like, if your last few movies are like Song to Song, To the Wonder, Night of Cups, like movies that, it's not even like broke, like these movies went into the red, like they made no money. So even though you put all this money into A Hidden Life, there is a danger he was saying there is a danger in like releasing this movie, but you know at the same time it does kind of suck because it's a great movie. But th- th- but that's that that that's one big thing. It's just his reputation in the last decade. You know, minus Tree of Life, it's been a little iffy. So I just think 
part of it is studios are a little weary to re- to put so much money and promotion into putting out a movie like that, knowing that to a lot of people it's crazy. But Terrence Malick is kind of like the, he's a joke. He's like the butt of a joke to 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 a lot of people. He he really is. So, um, and I think this movie would change a lot of people's minds, and it did. There's a lot of reviews. The whole Terrence Malick is back bullshit. I don't agree with that. But regardless, that is their way of saying that a hidden life is a good movie. So it does suck. I, I feel your pain, John. Uh, luckily, I saw it at TIFF. Had I not, I don't know how I would have seen it in any kind of timely fashion. And, and we're in New York City, so. I still haven't been able to, to see it in a timely yeah. fashion. Yeah. Um, but that's hard, you know? Yeah. Um, but, it, yeah, I mean, Terrence Malick is definitely an artist where people are like, I love him, I hate him, I love him, I hate him. He yeah. had this really good hit 20 years ago. Oh, um, John, I know this is moot because everyone knows how much I love Hal Ashby, but every time I rewatch a Hal Ashby movie that I haven't seen in a while or I forgot about, like you ever saw a movie made about Woody Guthrie starring David Carradine? No. It's really no. good. I recently rewatched that and then made me want to go back and there's um there's a retrospective on Lee Grant. Huh. At the film forum, and okay. me and Saskia and her and our moms are going to see the landlord together. That's cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Also, this has been a very strange week for streaming services. How so? So Amazon came out with a new movie called Troop Zero, right? Which is about Viola Davis in the seventies. Oh, right, yeah. helps these young you know, outcast people in a Girl Scout type group compete in a tournament so they can be on the golden record. Do you know the golden record? No. So many years ago, Carl Sagan, Carl Sagan was developing this thing called the gold record, which were these records that were going to be sent into space that had all this information about, um, about the world different cultural importances, language, music, messages, math, different things as sort of like a peace offering. Mm -hmm. And it's something that's recently been revisited in culture lately. And also Carl Sagan's wife did a lot of great stuff too. Mm -hmm. She She was a very talented woman. And so it's about these these girls that that have an obsession with space mm-hmm. and they want to be on this record and um, Jim Gaffigan plays the main actress's right. father and he's an interesting actor mm-hmm. he did a movie last year that no one saw where he had where he had two wives in the 90s like two, <clears throat> se- two secret lives oh yeah I didn't see it but yeah he also was a pedophile on an episode of SVU once. Very convincing. No, he, he did a good job at, at, at playing that. I saw him at a Kosi once. And Which was, one's Kosi? They make like the bread sandwiches, like the like the pita-ish sandwiches. Like when you wait in line, like you can get the free bread. That's really good. So I like went up to him, not on some like, hey man, hey. He like I waited for him to like walk past me. I didn't go up to him, and I was just like. 
hey man, I'm a, I'm a big fan of your comedy. I, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm a fan. He goes, okay. And he just kept on walking. Weird. <laughs> yeah. anyway. Oh, and um, Carl Sagan's wife at the time who worked on the gold record was Linda Salzman. Nice. Carlos texting me. Who's an American, American artist and writer. Created yeah. the artwork for the plaque on the Pioneer spacecraft and co-produced the Voyager golden record. Oh, nice. So, and it was like, it was heartwarming, but it is what it is. Sure. And then... And then the next day, I look on my Netflix, and there's a short film from David Lynch where he's interviewing a monkey that may have committed murder. Yes. Black and white detective where he's doing the voices of all the characters. Yeah. Called What Did Jack Do? Yeah, and it's, it's, it's what pretty did great. You, what did you think about I it? I loved it. I like that some of the fanfare around it's a little annoying, but that's my own picky nonsense. I, I like that... He, let, let's see, so at 75, 70, no, 74 years old, at 74 years old, he's still kind of tapping into his weird side um, in a non-forced way, because the thing about David Lynch is, a, I've seen him speak a bunch of times, he once said, God bless you to me, because uh, I saw Inland Empire in the theater 10 times, and I told him that, and in a crowded oh, movie You theater, really like that said, movie, I mean, your, your <laughs> yeah. website is a play on the words. Yeah. He said, God bless you, Marcus. But um, his his surreality and air quote weirdness is very, like, straightforward at the same time. Like, when he describes his work, he's just like, it's a movie. It's about a guy, and suddenly uh, he walks upside down. And that's it. Like, he talks about these weird things as if they're the most straightforward, like, matter-of-fact thing. That's what fascinates me about one of the main things that fascinates me about him so, so much. Um, did you ever end up seeing Twin Peaks Season 3? I did not. I just watched... I, I did have to watch Episode 7 because that was the one everybody was talking about, so I did watch it out of context. It is pretty great. But I do think we still... We should still get into that at, at, at some point. I know. I want to. What do we have to do to... What would we need to do to, to get that going? Because I want to do... Just like time out, like, like, like a lazy weekend... I want to do I want to do a thing about that. I want to do a thing about the Nicholas Winding Refn show. Hell yeah, I've watched that two times now, and if if you know how long that show is, that 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 that's a pretty amazing. Feat. Yeah, I don't even know how you have time to do that, man. Everyone, no. So I I like to save my weekend. Every other weekend is super lazy time. But um, but what did Jack do? And, and and it also what's also cool is what what did Jack do fits right in with his filmography. Like he still he loves to film things in black and white. A lot of he has a fascination with monkeys from Twin Peaks the show, Twin Peaks Firewalk with Meat. Like there's he definitely likes in 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 his artwork he does a lot of stuff you know with 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 monkeys and well also because David Lynch is heavily influenced by self admittedly The Wizard of Oz and mm. there's a lot of monkeys in, in in The Wizard of Oz. So also, I I loved it. I thought it was great. Also yeah. Fun fun fact, you know you uh, you know obviously David Lynch is, has been practicing transcendental meditation. Yes, and also he made it. He did an album with with Danger Mouse and Sparkle Horse. Uh huh. Well, he did he did work on it. Yes. And if you remember correctly, when that album first came out, it came out with a blank CD because they didn't have the rights to release the CD. So they released it with all the art and all the packaging and like had all these photos and writings by David Lynch. And they were like, you know what to do. Right, sure. They were basically sure. saying, like, you know, find an Academy screener. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is, yeah. this is half of the art about it. 
Though I definitely got frustrated when Danger Mouse said, I'm an auteur. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, come on. You're very talented, and you're very part of the zeitgeist of... That stuff going to his head from certain groups of people. And I will say, Norris Barkley's second album did not get enough love. Is the Necromancer song on that? Is that the is that the album with the Necromancer song? Which one's the Necromancer song? The song where CeeLo talks about what he really likes to do, um, with ha- like having relations with passed out people. I don't know. Yeah, I think it's. I think that's the second album. I don't. know. But the beat is really, really like grimy and dirty. I don't it was know. like a nasty I guitar just, sample. I just really like some of the other songs on there, like. Sure. Um, there's really, there's really great music video for I'm going on. We're like, yeah, there's some good stuff on there. And mm-hmm. like, who's going to save my soul now? Yeah. Where, where like the dude takes his, cuts his heart out of his body and the heart starts dancing around the diner. Well, I don't know that You one. ever saw that one? No. Man, that one was good. Shit. So fun fact, at Thanksgiving earlier this year, uh, there's this nice guy at the at our dinner and who's like a friend of a friend and they're like oh what do you do right now it's like oh I teach transcendental meditation to prisoners mm. and my mom's like oh I've been practicing TM for 40 years mm. oh. I Marcus, didn't know that I didn't know that <laughs> okay <laughs> okay good I feel better now <laughs> I was like I was like what yeah no wait what I was like wait what Um, and that was really strange and like my mom had a nice talk and it was good I I still think I might figure out how to do it or something hi Doug you ever smoke PCP? no Um, I ran into a friend of the show at a magic convention right yeah this weekend and and I introduced him to my friend Jimmy who's the reason why I ask you about PCP almost every episode okay because, you know, that one one time Jimmy was like, you talk about PCP a lot on the show. I'm like, well, you know how my personality works. I'm now only going to talk about PCP. <laughs> um, you know. Because uh, that's, that's, uh, that's the way it works. Sure. So, yeah, that was cute. And then I saw the... Um, the documentary about Aaron Hernandez. Who oh boy, yeah. Aaron so Hernandez I. was a a player in the Patriots. Yeah. A very talented, hopeful he was. Uh, football player. Yeah. Who erroneously people thought came from a hard upbringing. Yeah. Joined gangs and was involved in gang violence. He he was found guilty of one murder, acquitted of two murders. So he probably killed one person. He maybe killed three people. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't. I. It's also possible he killed more than three people. Sure. And may have shot his best friend in the face. Yeah. Then, he gets arrested for killing his his the mother of his child's sister's partner. Yeah. And he go, he becomes a cause celebre. He gets arrested, goes to jail for life. He gets acquitted for the double murder that he was that was pinned on him. Two days later, after that, he takes his own life. And then this this is when things get interesting. It's people start revealing 
that he may have he may have had uh, male lovers. Yeah. That there was all these other things going on. His family allowed his brain to be looked at, and it showed uh, not uh, a very intense uh, situation of chronic traumatic encephalopathy, also known as CT, CTE, which is which is a concussion-based thing that happens mostly to football players and boxers and MMA yeah. fighters and yeah. wrestlers. Um, it's very likely that Chris Benoit was suffering from, sure. from immense amounts of CTE when yeah. when he did what he did, and this. And but the thing the thing is, you know, there was supposed to be a Chris Benoit movie made by Lexi Alexander. Lexi Alexander, but I I don't know what ever happened to that. Yeah, it's been years at the you know at this point. I think she just got too excited about arguing on the internet. My kind of person. Though Punisher Warzone and Green Street Hooligans were pretty good, yeah. you know, she had an interesting eye. Yeah, yeah, she did, and 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 was on her way to making an interesting filmography with those two. Movies, you know what I'm saying with with, with those. Two yeah, movies. so I don't I don't know what happened with all that, but my my only problem with the movie is that it it almost says that you know him not being able to be free with his sexuality and the CTE and all of that sort of give an explanation for his behavior and I believe that those things give insight to the behavior but that doesn't that doesn't you know excuse behavior yeah because because almost basically all athletes with CTE aside from him and Chris Benoit don't murder people yeah they murder themselves, unfortunately. Yes. Like, and they get into yes. Jun- Junior Seau. And there's a lot of which issues. and Anytime someone passes away, it's heartbreaking. But I remember that the Junior Seau thing hit, hit, hit me hard. I remember having the, 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 the Chargers jersey when I was a kid. And he was like the man at that, like in the 90s. He was, he was the fucking man. Um, but, um, yeah, you're right. The, the thing I do have to piggyback on what you're saying, at least, at least this documentary, there's multiple interviewees in that movie who say and they give light to how just like all this all the stuff you said mm-hmm. that these there are people in the documentary that are just like no nah, I, I don't believe that which is how i feel too it's like you can't use that as essentially yeah, as an excuse i'm not even i'm not saying his life was good like his dad seemed to be not very nice to him when his dad passed away his mom remarried very quickly who did she remarry though which which is the other issue that we're getting into it turns out it's the mom that seemed was a little more messed up i'm i'm one of those guys i'm not trying to make anyone think how my dad was hard on me quite a bit but i love him very much it's you learn things about the mom like they're on the phone and he's talking to his mom he's like you fucked my life up and there's another conversation later yeah. on in the documentary where she's like yelling at him why did you you could have just given me a million dollars i would have left you alone like just things like that like it's just Weird, but the mother remarried her cousin's boyfriend. Yeah, that's some extra stuff. To, yeah, like that. There's a some, lot. There's a lot going on. Yeah, and also, you know, I, I'm not gonna go on air about this, but I texted you some stuff, some 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 like issues I had with my dad when I was a kid. Yeah, sure, sure. And I've never murdered anybody. Right, right. You know, right. In fact. 
in fact, most people don't murder people. Yeah. And yes. And I, and also with being gay, how many repressed homosexuals are there in this world that don't who don't kill people? people? Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, Some do. Don't get me wrong. Not so, yeah. Yeah. Sure. But but not that many. No. And and it didn't even the 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 two people that he may the two people that he may have killed seemed like completely meaningless. Like he got into an argument with with two guys in a bar and then shot up their car. Yeah. And quoted Ice Cube. What's up now? Oh, Ice Cube said MF. He didn't say the N word. Never mind. He changed it a little bit. <laughs> Anyways. The bigger thing that 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 also is in this documentary is that there there's an Aaron Hernandez in every high school. Yes, Just also ca- Bristol like, County, Connecticut is a nice part of Connecticut. Yes, it is. It wasn't like a like the gang thing that he when wanted they showed to that be high part school, of. High school was nice. Was like that was something that that was going on in his head. Yeah, and but you know, yeah. Wait, I'm, oh man, I lost my train of thought. What, 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 what was I saying? Oh. There, there's always there's Aaron Hernandez in, 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 in every high school or junior high school when there's this guy specifically an athlete I was athlete adjacent in high school I, I didn't play one of the well I did play football but and also the, you had a record in shot put I was just gonna say day. I did I was just gonna say when I say I was like adjacent it was like I play track and field which isn't you know it's not one of the big three it's not basketball baseball football but you're around these people and you see the shittiness that they do, and these are kids who have great homes. Sometimes that you know, sometimes they 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 don't. But like you, stuff goes to your head, and it's like once seventh grade hits, when you discover someone is exceptional at a sport, they're just protected. You have people tests get taken for them, mm-hmm. drug tests get sweeped un, 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 under the rug, policies that they don't ad- adhere to get, and then like. When yeah, and, when your brain is underdeveloped, when you're 12, 13, 14, you say, oh, I can get away with whatever I oh, want. You start to think like that, and that's how, and you just act untouchable. Basically. Also, everyone says that the the education offered to athletes on college scholarships is not an actual education. It's there's a there's occasionally football players, basketball players who insist on taking actually academic academically mm. complicated courses mm. but a lot of the times it's like it's just like oh you show up and you get a grade yeah so and yeah. and i've i've recently and i re- recently got into the show sex education mm. yeah, yeah yeah i've been here great show i've been hearing things and there's there's a character who is a star swimmer and he he messes up his hand uh spoiler sorry and the headmaster is like, you have to get a two uh, because, you know, it was one thing when you were a star pool player, but now that you're a regular student, you need to get have better grades. I don't know what accent that was. It was Michael Caine. Every summer, I would take my leave of absence and I'd go to a small little place in Tuscany and I'd have a Ferna Bronca. And I hoped every year... I'd look over and then you'd, I'd see you. And maybe you'd see me. And maybe we'd say hello, but maybe we wouldn't. And you would move on. Is he Crocodile Dundee now? <laughs> I mean, you started... That was like a transition from Australian. Master Wang. I can't bury you again, Master Wang. Listen. <laughs> this, 
I just won't do it. This, listen, Bruce Wayne. I don't want to. I don't want to bury you. That was my Martin Kessler, uh, Alfred <laughs> Pennyworth impression. Um, yeah. So that that's my take on that. It's all right. It's, it is worth seeing, and it's also it's just like three hour long. It's just very episodes. bizarre, and it's interesting, and yeah, that's all I got to say about that. Let's let's talk uh, one more before we get out. Please. Speaking of Netflix, things on Netflix. Yeah, you know, um, I just really got to say. Yeah. Um, fuck you. What? I'll get you an ashtray. I'm sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Just ask nicely next time. <laughs> um, you made me watch the new Tyler Perry movie for Netflix called Fall from Grace. Yes. About one like why don't you explain don't spoil that? it because there's twists and turns that were poorly put together. Yeah. So this yeah. young woman who, who's who's new and deep. Listen, let me fucking finish. Okay. Let me fucking finish, okay. man. All right. <laughs> you want an ashtray? Pass me an ashtray, bitch. Yeah. You brought um, me to your mother's house. My mama looked better than that, which is a weird thing to. See. When she walked in on him cheating, and she's like, "You brought me to your mom's house," and he's like, "My mom looked better than that." And then that's a weird thing to say, especially. <laughs> yes, especially. Yeah. So, a young woman who's a new who's a new DA, whose husband is a police officer mm-hmm. in a good relationship, yeah. she's assigned a case that's supposed to be open and shut. Yeah. For just this, plead, just plead out. For this woman who's saying she killed her husband. Yeah. And you know she's having a hard time because her hair is disheveled. Yeah. Which is a trope in Tyler Perry movies. Disheveled hair to let you know that they're having a hard time. Yeah. And as she goes deeper and deeper into the story of this woman, the more and more questions you have. Yeah. And then you realize, oh, this is like a weird thriller mystery. Yeah. And... With, like, two or three twists and turns. Yeah. And couple. A, and a scene where where a character asks for an ashtray. Yeah. In a very aggressive way. Yeah. Why did you have me watch this movie, Marcus? Some movies... I'm, I am someone... I like to save... It's like saving up points. I'm not one of these people who's non-stop... Oh, this so bad, it's good, you gotta watch it. But every once in a while... There's one of these movies. And I'm also someone that everyone... So I do watch a Tyler Perry movie because I'm not a fan of his. But I feel like I need to see what he's doing every once in a while to still maintain... Or hey, who knows? Maybe my mind will change. He's made a couple... Well, okay, John Arminio. He's made a couple movies that I don't dislike. But but any yeah. of the movies starring Medea are not for me. Right. And I don't think they're made for me. And I don't think I'm the target audience. But this before I saw... Like, this movie became a meme instantly. Like, the first scene where we meet the main character in jail, you know, after being locked up for killing her husband, every single time the camera cuts away from her and cuts back to her, her hair is disheveled in a different way. I don't know if you caught that. I did. Um, I I was seeing if you noticed. So, hell yeah. So, it's stuff like that. And I was like, you know what? Me and my lady don't have anything. Me and my lady don't have anything to really do this weekend. Let's, Let's watch this. Because, also, side note, we love Lifetime movies. And this movie has a total Lifetime movie vibe. From the way it looks, the way it's shot, the dialogue, 
everything. So it's one of those things like this was, I know that the term guilty pleasure is, is getting phased out just like underrated, but this is a true guilty pleasure. Let's watch it and see what, what it is. What do you think is the most underrated candy bar? For me, it's Zero or Abizava. Uh, underrated candy bar. Uh, the Strawberry Charleston Chew. That is not underrated. That's delicious. Yes, but people, but in the world of like Milky Way, Snickers, ba- Baby Ruth, Yo, Milky, Butterfinger, Yo, like Charleston Chew is not. Charleston it's Chew not, is it's, better than most it is. Of the ones it is. Use. That's what makes it underrated because people don't put it up there with the ones the aforementioned ones that 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 I named. That that's what I'm saying. What kind of brand peanut butter do you like? I mean, today breads because it's literally just peanuts. But if we're talking. Back in the day, what company? Brad's. Brad's. I like I, the only ingredients: peanuts and a little no, bit of oil. See, I only buy peanuts, peanut butter, where 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 the ingredients are: peanuts, salt. Right. That's oh well, that's what I meant to say: peanuts and salt. Not, not yeah. You ever had? But, there's the, my favorite right now is Bazzini Crunchy. Oh, but I no, also but really like I also really like Smucker's Natural. You can ask Sasha. I go through a tub of peanut butter once a week. Yeah, peanut butter is, it's very addictive. I I, I try to do my. I, I have a few spoon, a, a few dollops before I go to the gym, uh, and lift. It's good energy. When, when it's the right, not not like the kid, not like Reese's or Jeff or no, Skippy no, 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 peanut butter. No, that's not real. That's, but, not, that's um, not real. That's well, because that's what I was also, gonna say. Back in the day, I would eat the shit out of that peanut butter. Um, Jake out in Ridgewood was saying how he likes our non-sequiturs. Nice. I also like our non-sequiturs Same. as well. Um, you know, uh, what's really exciting is is you got me to see the movie Hardware, which we haven't yeah. talked about on the show yet, yeah. but we are going to. We should do Not a Richard today. Stanley episode. Well, that, I think we should, because there's also that Dust know, Dr. Moreau movie oh. and Dust Devil, yeah. and when I realized that, because... When Mandy came out, I was like, is there any other movies like this? And you like, Hardware, Dust Devil. And I checked them out, and I was like, dope. And right now, they're not on any streaming services, which is Sure, weird. sure. They were on Hulu last year, and then they took them off. Mm. And and now there there's this, that H.P. Lovecraft movie. Yeah, Color Out of Space. Yeah, which I think I'm going to see this week. Oh, nice. Good. And I okay. think I think fan of the show would be on the episode. Maybe we could do like his movies leading up to that and talking about that all in one. Okay. And I think it's really cool that the dude from Hardware is coming, making a comeback. Yeah. And and it's interesting that no one's like, oh, well, we can't do H.P. Lovecraft stories because he was racist. I mean, all right. Yeah, he was. It's like people are complex. George C. Scott was a known racist, but boy, could that guy act. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I don't know. You know? Um, yeah. Speaking of acting, though. The acting some, in. Some, there's some performance. Fall from Grace. Yes. Felicia Rashad was fine, but it's Felicia She's Rashad. Um, there's also She's like, good. Like also, Fall from Grace, there's like a triple entendre there. <laughs> yeah. The intro to the... Stop. Stop. <laughs> stop. It's one of those, hey, in case you didn't get it, like, that's, like, the whole intro just spells that out. Hey, just so you guys know, like, that's, that, that's how it took the intro to the movie. It's called The Fall from Grace, get it? Yeah, no, I, I... Now, can I, just to show you that we're being, yes, this movie's a goddamn joke. 
for those of you listening. But if I could just be genuine for, for like two seconds, there is a scene early on in the movie, because the main character of the movie, yeah, it's about this older woman, and she falls for this younger, super sexy, attractive guy, but it turns out he has ulterior motives, and then this whole spider web of lies and deception come out. However, earlier on in the movie, there's this scene where our main character, Grace, is talking to her friend played by Felicia Rashad, and, and I'm surprised this dialogue came from Tyler Perry, but there's this whole long monologue about how she just wants to be happy, and she just yeah. wants to come home to someone, and, and it's like, even though the acting in that isn't that great, the message behind that scene, because if, there, if there's a group of people that just society in this world kind of forgets about, it is a middle-aged black woman. They are some of the most disrespected people, and sometimes people, people don't even realize they're doing it, that don't, that don't make it okay. So it's nice to see a woman get a voice and say some of the things she did in that scene in that movie because it's true. Like, you know, when even just when, when you think about a woman sexually sexually, you think of like a younger, more attractive woman, but it's just like older women and forget race for just o- older women or Women you may not find traditionally attractive, like they all have well, unless they're asexual, or whatever, but like most mm. of them have like some kind of like sexual desire, and they want to feel sexy and attractive no matter how old they are. So yeah, I actually did like get that the moment. Groove back thing, and then you're like, sure. wait, everything's about to get bad. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, and there's a yeah, there's a great scene where someone gets killed with a baseball. Well, oh, uh. There's a great scene involving a baseball bat beating. That's true. I'll say. Yes. And the blood splatter, Tyler Perry's wig. Like, uh-huh. why did we, like, just act, like, you could be, or you don't, like, why did the guy have to have, like, a sheep wool, like, like a fleece wig? I don't understand, like, just don't wear a wig. Like, you just act. We don't, we're, we're going to know it's you regardless. I, I don't understand the, I don't understand the wig. He but, just is um, like, I want to look cool. Yeah. Oh, oh all right. Well, I'm just yeah. trying to be a cool guy. And like, for some reason, high top, fade, flat top haircuts or a yeah. thing. There's like three prominent actors in that movie that I confuse because they all have the same haircut. Yeah, I just, I was just like, what's going on here? Why is Marcus making me watch this? Does, it- does Marcus dislike me? Um, no, I wanted you to laugh, and you did. Don't. There's a scene where this like 30 year old able bodied cop gets overpowered by this like 70 year old woman. She throws she a bag throws of groceries. A bag of groceries <laughs> but even before throwing the bag of groceries, she's like shoving him off. Like she's giving him. She's kind of taking it to him. It's just I, you know. It's like you're you're like a professional. Um, you're like a professional. Uh, Policeman, like, officer, oh, like don't don't they have like physicals? Yeah, you have and, to like, like do physical tests. Shit. Yeah, well, apparently not. In I saw, I mean, all the license plates in that movie were Virginia, so I'm assuming the it movie is was shot in Virginia, which is weird because I thought his movie studio was in Atlanta, but whatever. Yeah, yeah, but you can you know sound stages. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Yeah. All the like supporting actors. Like that light skinned guy who's just mad for no reason, like her coworker, like the other lawyer guy. When they're over at the house having like the little get together and he's like something just doesn't seem right. Um 
Yeah, it's just... The movie's a mess. And also, oh, the big reveal was... And it kind of backfired on him. Tyler Perry had announced that we shot this movie in five days. And then it was presented in a way like, that's the kind of work ethic. And then, but everyone was just like, oh no, we know. We can no, tell. We can tell. Yeah, it was shot in, it was definitely shot in five days. Don't, don't present it like it's some accomplishment though. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, I made, I made this song. It only took me 20 minutes to make. Yeah. Oh man. We know. Yeah. You know what I mean? We know Fahim. We, oh, <laughs> Sorry. That's not Friend nice. of the show. Friend of the show, Fahim. Yeah. <laughs> the motherfucking guy! <laughs> Do you know what he makes his beats on? Uh, various things. He uses an NPC sometimes. Okay. Other times he uses like computer... Pro- there was this... I don't think it's up anymore. They did this thing. He did like a tour. He did like a per- like a tour of his studio showing like the equipment that, that he used and stuff. Yeah, so... But but the MPC was kind of like the center of it. But that was years ago. It could have changed. Anything else you've seen recently? Uh, anything else I've seen recently? Um, yeah, actually. Uh, maybe we can get into it down the road. I'll just mention it. I, I we, we have a hookup with a few film di- uh, di- di- distribution. Uh, so I, I, got a, oh, I, got, yeah. I, got, I saw the plagiarists. And the, um, the other one we saw we can't talk about. Which one? What? Can't say. Oh, okay. Well, I saw that. I saw the new Bruno Dumont. Um, and yeah, combined with what we've been seeing, it's, uh, yeah, I've, I've been kind of busy. Who are you calling? <laughs> Ghostbusters. Oh. Oh, you want to talk about First Cow? Yeah. Oh, man. Yo, what's <laughs> up, Carlo? Yo, yo, what's good? I saw you were texting me while we were recording this episode, episode 111. Oh, shit. Where, where are you in terms of the episode? Am I, like, in the middle of it? No, we're at the end. We're at the end, bro. Uh, oh, man. I, I don't know if I can handle the, the pressure. Pressure makes diamonds, motherfucker. <laughs> That's true. Uncut gems. Uncut gems. No, this is episode 111. It was an inside job. Yeah, you seen you seen anything good lately? You seen you seen any? Have you seen a Fall from Grace? Have the you Tyler seen, Perry movie? Have you seen the new Tyler Perry movie, Fall from Grace? Oh man, yeah, you know I love Autorist cinema, but um, I think I, I didn't even realize that there was no like uh, trailers for it. I never saw it. Well, it's no. Netflix. They just put shit out. They just go here after after oh, they do something. Okay. It's Yo, a Netflix release. Uh, one of, one of these next episodes, I'm going to talk about Under the Silver Lake and Southland Tales, and I'm not going to let you know that we're recording it, and I'm going to FaceTime you to talk about it. Oh, shit. Okay. All right. I'll be, I'll be on the lookout for it. Be prepared, man. Okay. I'll be prepared. Did you I see? Mean, you kept me on my toes with this one. I thought we were just texting. I was replying, and then all of a sudden, oh, shit, like the phone. <laughs> just... Buzzed, yeah. Yeah, it's just you know because we're just trying we're trying new things. What do you think we should do with the with the podcast this year, baby? Um, I mean, like I like guests. I mean, yo, I, I we like haven't people. had a guest in a while. We got to do that. Yeah, you guys should get some more people on. And because um, I like that idea of picking them up in a car <laughs> and talking to them that way, I think that's an awesome idea. Like you guys should do a road, totally do a road trip. 
you know, get a, the, I have a minivan now, so we could get like seven people and and do a big <laughs> and do a big show. So. Oh, that's awesome! Man. Yeah, yeah that would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> did you Did you see the Aaron Hernandez documentary? Uh, no, I haven't. No, I mean it's just crazy, you know, with all the recent deaths, you know, and like that was one of them, and you know, I'm just expecting there's gonna be a Kobe documentary too, you know. Yes, uh, at at the Kobe Bryant basketball player died in a tragic helicopter accident with his daughter and seven other people. Yeah, man. A few yeah. days a few days ago. By the time you listen to this episode, right. that that was a real Danner. Okay, that was Zebras in America. Bye. No, just kidding. Um, how how are yeah. you how are how are you doing, Carlo? As you know, you've been on the show at least once, right? Yeah, once. Well, Twice, if you count the three times. Time. This is like the third time now. Yeah, this is my third time via FaceTime. <laughs> Twice FaceTime, once in real time. You had yeah. us watch that excellent. What was that really awesome movie about ice skating and shit? Uh, oh, the, the ice rink. The ice rink. The ice yeah. rink. The song film. Do you do you have any jokes you got to take us out? Um, not right now. No, I. You, you had sent me something, but do you really want to do that now? I thought you were saying that it was gonna be for next time. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I don't know either. Um, I, I will just say, though, like, I, I went to see a Redoubt, like, you called me before to ask me if I'd seen it, and I oh. saw it yesterday. And? Um, and? You know, I think it was very fitting that as I was crossing the street to, like, go see the movie, like, a car crash happened right in front of me. And this was yesterday, like, when Kobe Bryant died. Like, you know, it was such a bizarre, like, mood. Jesus Christ, and yeah. Just, yeah, and just going to see that movie, and yeah, I mean, it's it's one of my early favorites of the year but so you're, far. But that you're, was a last year movie. Yeah, that, yeah. But you're safe. Yeah, but, like, Are you safe? It's thing with distribution that, like, they're only giving it a theatrical run now with other places. Like, it got a New York run last yeah. year, but now it's only getting the rest of the country this year. It's yeah. weird. Oh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you're safe. Yeah. And um, I have to. Although I gotta go, Tiesto's calling me. Yeah, so I gotta talk to T. Did you? Hey, did you? Did you? Did you hear about? Yo, what did what did the koala say to the moving company? Oh, I heard this before, but I can't remember. What what did you say? Eucalyptus. To rock Mac knowledge, knowledge is street astrologist. Light up the mic, guard knives, the splot joints, the character points. Corolla, Motorola, hola, play a guard, he pack over the shoulder. Chrome tanks, play it like Yanks, check the franchise. Front on my guys, my enterprise, blast many lives. The color fakes like reflectors. He has sugar in his hand, his last crack career. We can can him, manhandle him if you wanna run in his crib. Get ditto, skate like a limo, inject to the fly state. Relate, take a break, break down the eighth and then wait. Drop it like Drake, thugs, they be bowing his 
screwing. We can all claim they doing the same shit we doing. Fuck the union, it's the same style. Was the trainer boy jump the turnstile on the alley? Try to challenge God for the new bounce, especially that aluminum bat in the act. Relax, laid back, sell a grenade a day. It pays black. The Mac 10 flex, white cats like Windex, index finger be sore, busting these fly spreads. The Wally can't count crazily grins for five plans, laying with my bitches and my mans and Lex lands. We losing them, jet to the stash and now Jerusalem abusing them, rocking his jewels like we using them. Low pro star, seven thick waves, rock polar, roll with the older guard, build with the sun and the stars. Get yourself shot. 